If bees earned minimum wage, a jar of honey would cost $182,000. There's no joke here. I just read this online a few minutes ago, and that's like crazy, you guys. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories. Some are real. Some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 39. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello! Today we're reviewing season four, episode seven of Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, which if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation. Some based on real events, Others, totally fake. In our show, we'll summarize those stories, make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. Guys, this is the mid-season break. So we have done seven episodes, season four. We always take a month off after this episode, which everyone gives us. You have karaoke voice. Yeah, you have a raspy voice today, Jesse. Uh, Some people call it karaoke voice. Some people call it sexy Scarlett Johansson voice. No one calls it that. Except for Um, Scarlett Johansson. And me. And uh, And Rashida Jones, because they all sound the same. Oh, Rashida Jones. You know, fun fact, when I saw the movie Her, I thought the voice of the AI was Rashida Jones. It's not. It's Scarlett Johansson. Wasn't Scarlett Johansson also the phone in that Joaquin Phoenix movie? That is the movie Her, which is what I'm referring to. Hmm. Good night, everybody. (laughs) She was also the hairdryer in Hair. Do you think for the second half of the fourth season, we'll break that into two halves? So then we'll just do like three episodes and we'll take a mid-mid fourth season break and then come back? Absolutely. quarterly break. I'm really hoping that we can turn this into the Game of Thrones of podcasts (laughs) where we just keep breaking and then each episode will be an hour and a half, but we'll only do like six episodes. Don't worry, we'll have ten spinoffs. Yeah, it'll be really good. So I did do karaoke last Saturday and that is why my voice is a little strained, but like I said, um, you know, every time I talk, Mark has been giving me a little bit of an eye, so I think he knows. (laughs) What? That he knows what? I think he knows. It's very seductive. Wait, what do you guys know? The seduction in this voice is uh, at maximum seduction. So The more you know. Half the time, I just think he's oh, falling asleep. That's what the dials are for? <laughs> yeah, turn maximum up the seduction, seduction. dial. <laughs> uh, this is the mid-season break. What do you guys think of the stories? You know, because oh. th- this is an mm. arbitrary break. We make the break, mm-hmm. but they don't, they're, they yeah. don't realize this well, is a mid-season break. Most certainly, they did not plan did not, it this no. way. Because they wouldn't have ended it like this. No. We'll go. We'll get through them, and um, some of <laughs> we'll we'll get through them. That's the, the best way. I think on the surface these were it. terrible, yeah. but I think once we start talking, I think we're It'll gonna. Un- I think we're gonna open up an onion on this episode. There is one episode in particular cry. that um, I was really touched by, actually, um, which we will get to. Let's go ahead and dive into the first story of today's episode, which is called the wreath building's just full of bureaucratic weasels like him. Nothing but double talk. Well, you did your best, Phil. Yeah, I did nothing. I keep letting you people down. That's not true. You have been a rock to us both. I don't know what we would have done without you. I just want to find the person who took your boy away. Thank you. 
You're making me look like a very bad person, Detective Duncan, and I'm not. <laughs> oh, it's funny for multiple reasons. You've, you've done that voice before. You, you. It might sound familiar. <laughs> Who's to say? Different actors. But. Different actors. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, this is a story about getting executive waivers signed. Very thrilling. Thrilling. You know, Chris, I know you're a big fan of the Trade Federation uh, embargo in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. What did you think was more thrilling, that or these executive waivers? All the red tape you could ask for. And I think that this was like the wire. I don't think we're giving it enough credit. They're in the office. They're figuring shit out yeah, they're the really, hard way. They're getting down and dirty. You know, oh. where, was, where was McNulty? Oh, and where are those bodies on the right, harbor? Right. I'm going to tell the summary. All right, Mark, let's hear it. What yeah. happened here? Uh, so this one's called The Wreath, and uh, it follows Detective Phil Duncan, who's trying to investigate a hit-and-run case where this boy Danny was killed at this very dangerous intersection. Um, and Danny's parents... I have gone with the detective to City Hall to try to get a memorial set up at the intersection to help people slow down. They go to a civil servant who will not allow them to build a memorial um, because he goes, if we do this for you, we're going to set a very dangerous precedent. So dangerous. Anyways, the next day, the permit arrives. Ooh. Somehow, they don't know. Later, the memorial's built and they're all there at a service for Danny. And a car starts driving through just as a weird gush of wind comes in, blows the wreath that has a picture of Danny on it. It hits this car. The car crashes. The detective walks up very suspiciously, takes paint from the car, and realizes it's the same paint from Danny's bike, revealing that this person was the one who hit and killed Danny. And fled the scene of the crime. So this story is asking us, is it possible that a hit-and-run guy who got away was driving through that same exact intersection and at that same time, like a year later, the memorial wreath blew away, landed on his car, putting him right in the, the right. Uh, crosshairs of the detective. Duncan! And, and, and who put the magic memorial slip approval? Right. My favorite part of this is they say, and the mayor, who apparently signed the paperwork, had no memory of doing it. I was like, that's the most believable part of yeah. any story <laughs> we've ever reviewed. The mayor's just oh, signing shit yeah, left and right. Yeah, mayor doesn't remember signing paperwork. Are we supposed to find that unbelievable? It's like they were worried that the reef magically like floating in the wind directly towards this car. They're like, Not you know enough. what? Yeah, guys, we're going to need enough. a little more. But that paperwork, where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, guys, I'm so confused. They got the paint and the paint matched the accident. There are no other cars in this entire, anywhere in the United States that have the same colored paint that could have driven through this town. The way they make the paint seem like in this episode is like paint is a fingerprint. It's a fingerprint. <laughs> and it's like there's one color paint for every individual car. It's and it's like, like what? no, I don't think so. Maybe no. it would narrow it down to like a make and model, but like he's driving like a Honda Civic. There's, we're, we have too many question marks, too many sloppy questions that the writers, if it was fiction, wouldn't have made it this sloppy. You're, you're saying you think it might be more believable because of those. Yes. The, the it's a bit of the complicated theory. Yes. Bit of the complicated theory. I like that. I do. One of my favorite parts in this is the parents of the deceased child, Matt and Denise. They're kind of a little too sexual with yeah. each other. Like we noticed they were standing super close get, as, as parents of a deceased child. Like they're like hanging on each other. Like a lot of PDA going on made me super uncomfortable. Chris. <laughs> Oh, in the in the story with the the death of the kid, mm, 
I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have done the it. The mayor but. says no. You you're not going to get this permit. And then it cuts to Duncan walking into the kitchen. And yeah, the parents are like making out. Yeah, they're basically <laughs> like order. touching each other, and they're like really on. That was really uncomfortable. They got to third base, and let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just move on to predictions. First up, Chris, fact or fiction? Um, I find this totally believable. A little coincidental, sure, but overly, I buy it. Fact, Mark. I think this is a lot of coincidences. So, fact. Tiffany? There's something about this story I just don't buy. I see the coincidence, but I don't know. Let me call it a gut feeling, but I'm going to go fiction. Kyle? I'm going to bring on the sloppy rule. The writers would have made this tight and nice. Are we talking about the parents (laughs) making out? Wait, what are we talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to go fact. Okay. My sexy voice was the Kool-Aid man coming in. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. You heard my sexy voice already, and then Chris's sexy voice just harkens back to childhood cartoons. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a combo. All right, I'm going to go last. And do I think it's possible that the mayor signed some papers and forgot that he signed some papers? Yeah, I'm going to go fact on this one. Now, we've all locked in our predictions, but there is one more prediction we like to make, which is the prediction of random chance. I'm flipping a coin right now. And if it lands on heads coin's going to predict fact. If it lands on tails, the coin's going to predict fiction. And we're just going to see if at the end of the episode, when we find out the truth, have we beaten random chance? Here we go. The coin's predicting fiction, and we're going to move on to story number two, which is called Terror Night. Oh no, Jeff, it sounded like something broke. <laughs> I think you turned it off. Yeah, I did. I don't get it. How could it come back on? Yeah, there is definitely something wrong. Have you called a plumber to your home lately? Some of them charge as much as doctors. Yeah, like what plumbers is he going to that he needs to get a new plumber? Jonathan Frakes, you can upgrade to a PPO that covers you. <laughs> right. What is this, the last story? <laughs> Guys, let's talk about paperwork and In the insurance plans. Environment. Environment. And, and HMOs and HBOs and PPOs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? Yeah, this is uh, this story is about a couple who um, is trying to get to bed and the um, their bathroom keeps leaking. The faucets are leaking. The bathtub fills up. The sink fills up. It's a, it's a real mess. <laughs> and they go downstairs to... Uh, uh, to, to ask the super if he can uh, ask the apartment below if they're seeing a lot of leaks. And so the super lets them in and then uh, they find the that is an old woman who has um, had a heart attack and had not their bathroom been overflowing, this woman may have died. Is that your Shakespearean <laughs> recap? <laughs> had not the water flew downwards. One thing to point out, is that she was drawing a bath when she had a heart attack. Right, which basically implies that there's some sort of connection between her drawing the bath and then the water is what led these people. I mean, well, basically, this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a series of leaky faucets ended up saving a woman's life? See, I think this story is asking us to believe, did someone have a shitty apartment? (laughs) You know what? Fact. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's just move on to predictions right now, everybody. Uh, there's one more point I want to bring up. At the end of the story, everything's calmed down, and then on their bathroom mirror, 
fog appears and it says thanks in Looney Tunes writing. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. We can't pay for that. Let's cut that out. <laughs> it is. Um, l- let's all remember that this is a story about plumbing, and the episode is called terror night so they're saying that something weird happens in someone's apartment and it helps them discover somebody who's in trouble like that doesn't sound so far-fetched yes exactly and i think by saying thanks uh, on the mirror it's like her spirit somehow as she was dying like astro projected in a way and made this is a new but but she didn't die no 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 hold on guys but that's what that's what jonathan frakes mentioned this is a running theme in season four Uh, correct me if i'm wrong ghostly rules but it's this idea that people that are near death are saving their own lives. This Mm -hmm. has happened in The Hitchhiker. This happened with The Mattress episode. This is like this idea that people are almost dying and they're saving Mm -hmm. their own lives, which I don't know. This one's ridiculous, though, because she astro-projects for a long time to mess with the faucets. Then she's saved, and then astro-projects again to say thanks. But isn't this also (laughs) similar to like the very first season when those people got on the train, had the acid trip, Mm -hmm. went home and saved their neighbor? Very similar. No, it's not. In that case, it was the dead husband Mm -hmm. that was warning Okay, yep. But yeah, and that but I like that better actually. That story where where it's someone who is dead is able to go and save someone else. Well, it's like, cleaner, yeah. I'm so like confused. That idea How is it not possible for you have a leak and so you check on somebody else and they're hurt? like it's it's so plausible that But it's also very beyond belief. Something weird goes wrong in your apartment so you run next door to like like Maybe somebody was out of sugar. They went next door this and the neighbor why, was in thing. And they're like, oh, my God, the sugar saved my neighbor's life. This like, is why the thanks was introduced. Mm-hmm. And that's what feels writery to me about this. I don't, but does that part have to be included? Could that be a made up mm-hmm. part of right. the story? I'm going to say if everything is true and the writers just fabricated that part, that's nonsense. That's fiction. I think it's more likely that the people... <laughs> who reported this story that the couple made that part up. No That's one made so, that up. Someone could have made that up. <laughs> I think the writers totally fabricated it. No, no, no. That. They tell this story to some friends at a at a potluck and then they have Kyle's reaction. <laughs> they're like they're like, I guess, I mean it's just a coincidence. And they're like, fuck, you know, okay. Samantha, our story's not getting enough traction in our friendship circles. Yeah. They're like, then we went back upstairs and it wrote thanks and everyone's <laughs> talking about it around town. Also, why didn't she just write check downstairs? Yeah, it could, if you can write thanks, you can write check downstairs. I think that falls under ghost make elaborate plan. Yes, yeah. it does. What Except if, she's no. not a ghost. What if no. this is a cute couple who write each other messages in the mirror every morning before they leave for work? Oh, and it just steamed up. And it just steamed up. And, and it revealed an old message that was written. Oh my like, God. Like the I night before her. the guy had bought the girl her favorite food no. for dinner. No. Mark, Impossible. get on the train. <laughs> get on the ghostly train. I mean, yeah, I'm on it, but... <laughs> <laughs> choo choo let's go ahead on to the next stop which is prediction shit boo boo first up sorry <laughs> i'll go first do i think it's possible that some people had some leaks and then they went down and then they checked on somebody and man oh man i i do i'm gonna go fact on this one mark yeah i mean it feels so plausible but because of that i feel like it's a psych it's a trick by the writers i'm gonna go fiction Tiffany. I think there's a believable kernel of truth, so I'm going to go fact. Kyle. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look into my soul here, guys. I mean, I thought fact when I was watching this immediately. Oh, thanks, Mark. Which is why. I'm going to go with your gut, Mark. Fact. No, don't. Chris. Yeah, there's something about this story that seems very believable to me. And at the same time, I think that the show is starting to use astral projection as a crutch. Fiction. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. 
The coin's going to predict fiction, and we're going to move on to story number three, which is called Tant Tants Tants Tants. How do you spell that? T A N T S. You know, like pants, but Tants. Yeah. Who is this woman you painted? Just someone I met in the park. Those eyes. I know. She has the most beautiful eyes. Who is she? Her name is Tance. Tance? Yeah. Can you take me to see her? You have an amazing face. It's just a face. Said Tance, sitting (laughs) on a park bench. Now, did anyone think that a person's name would be Tance. No, I was so confused with the when title we, of this When episode. we pulled it up on Amazon, I think we were all legitimately convinced that it was a typo. Yeah. We, we looked it up online before and it said um, <laughs> pants with a table built into them. <laughs> Guys, I've already, right. I think no. I've already ordered us all a pair of pants on <laughs> Amazon.com. So get ready. So they're pants with a table around the waist. Exactly. Yeah. So you can eat wherever you go. It almost feels oh, like, that. like that. Like like a like a concession lady, like hot dogs, peanuts. That's kind of almost a tance. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this is insensitive considering where the subject matter of the story actually goes. Yeah, this is actually a pretty intense Heartbreaking, story. really. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Truly devastating. <laughs> we were all making fun of it and then we yeah. spun right around. <laughs> Tiffany, you're gonna give us a story summary. What happened here? So we follow an artist, Beth, who is going to her local park to try and find some inspiration. She stumbles upon this old woman on a park bench that she just can't tear her eyes away from. And so she goes up to the woman and asks if the woman would be comfortable with Beth painting her. And the old woman's hesitant first, but eventually agrees and introduces herself as Tance. We cut to the painting session and, you know, Beth and Tance are really hitting it off and, you know, they're chatting afterwards and Tance reveals that she was actually in the concentration camp and her whole family was killed. And then you cut to Beth getting ready for an art show and her mom stops by and sees the painting of Tance in Beth's art studio and instantly is just struck by this painting and demands to be introduced to Tance, this old woman. And so Beth takes her mom to the park introduces her to Tance and it's revealed that Tance is actually Beth's grandmother and both her mom and Tance were told that their families were killed when in actuality they both had survived. And so, um, you know, the family is reunited. Yeah. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that through again, a mix up of paperwork, (laughs) basically two people thought that the other had died in um, a concentration camp, but they both survived and were reunited through a complete random happenstance. Oh, Mm, you almost got it. You got almost almost to the end. (laughs) I love that so much. It was, I mean, it was pretty emotional. I I thought it was kind of all over the place with yeah. the with the old woman. I couldn't really get into it, but then when the mom and the and the grandmother reunited, yeah. there was something super moving about that exact moment for me, and I just did not see it coming because mm-hmm. it all it all spun around very quickly once it was revealed that it was like Nazi Germany concentration yeah. <laughs> camps. We saw the tattoo on her arm mm-hmm. that was like the kind of barcode like tattoo uh, number. Uh, 
180 degrees for me on this one. Yeah, I mean, I just can't help think that it would be such a dick move to say this one is fiction. There's no effing way this is fiction. Yeah, that's I'm why like, that would be the yeah, like you said, the biggest dick move. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, next story. Like they'll definitely. I'm crossing like, out right <laughs> now fiction and writing my <laughs> prediction as fact. I was torn because of that. Why would they fake this one? And my the other side that was pulling me towards fiction was that the painting that happened in the story was the one that Frakes showed us before the story, the exact one. And I thought maybe, oh, maybe this is trying to trick us. No, but they actually... They <laughs> have, you and the props. Yeah, Chris no. and props have a... They showed us photos. It ends up being fiction. Guys, exactly. I think I will be shocked more than any other result is if this is fiction. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, well, devil's advocate here, though, I don't know if folklore is the right term, but this might be just one of these things that, like, wouldn't this be so nice? It's almost like a wish fulfillment. It almost is too sentimental because the odds of this happening, of all the coincidence based stories, mm-hmm. are that, that the chances of that are so but, insanely but if small. If this happens, it would be in every publication in the country. But also, imagine, but I don't know if we, that mean we would know about it. But I'm just trying to imagine Frakes going through the results and then being like, "Did you think the sentimental story about the woman who was in a concentration camp being reunited with her family was real?" Psych, we gotcha. Boom, bitch. <laughs> you dumb shit. <laughs> like, and him looking all proud yeah. like he normally does. Or he's With all that late. smirk on his face. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I kind of ho- hope the coin votes fiction, just so we can... Yeah, someone's got to <laughs> vote fiction. Gosh, imagine if this is fiction, though, guys, after all of this. I, like, will, I, be, sh- I will be more shocked no, than any other uh, surprise result. Let's go ahead on to predictions here. Chris, fact or fiction? You know, I had written fiction first, and Kyle persuaded me pretty quickly. So I'm going <laughs> to say fact. Tiffany. Fact. Kyle. Fact. Mark. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> fact. Oh, I thought he was I'm going to go fact as well. And we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. You guys notice I'm getting better at catching the coin, right? I'm always afraid you're going to hit me, hit me okay. in the face with the coin. Coin's going to vote fiction, and we're going to move <gasps> on to story number yes. four, which is called The Candidate. Under Senator Quigley's leadership, our state has compiled one of the worst environmental records in the entire country. Thank you, Mr. Bridges. Thank you. Senator Quigley, same question. Good question, Judith. Say, my opponent is absolutely wrong. My opponent is absolutely right. What are you doing? You just agreed with him. We try our best to avoid getting political on we the don't show. Do it. We just don't do it. Um, but this story starts off with a giant banner that says Freaks for President. And I just have to say, you got my vote. Num- yeah. Number I mean, one for president. Bo- hey. I feel like we can we can say uh certainly people should go vote. Well go you should vote. vote for whoever you want as long as his name is Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> I think that's a safe And if he isn't there right in write it in. Right in. Um, I'm going to give you guys a story summary. This is a story about Senator Wilton Quigley. He's running for re-election for the Senate. The senator hires the best spin doctor in town to help him for the upcoming debate. And the debate is taking place at this um, hotel called the Honeycut, which is lucky for the senator because that's where he stayed the very first night he was elected, like 40 years ago. The debate starts. The first question is asked, and basically the senator responds with, 
like a hundred percent true statements. Like I've always been in the pocket of big business. I'm a liar. Uh, my opponent is the best man for a job. This is basically like a beyond beliefs version of liar, liar starring Jim Carrey as Senator Quigley. <laughs> um, but the debate, the debate ends. The Senator is reamed out by the spend doctor. Like you gave your win to the opponent. Yeah. So much for the lucky honey cut hotel. And right at that time, there's a janitor sitting nearby that goes, Honeycut? That's not called the Honeycut anymore. It's called the Lincoln Hotel. And then the story just ends. And then Jonathan Frakes comes in and is like, is it possible that the Honeycut Hotel being renamed to the Lincoln Hotel, which is, you know, Honest Abe Lincoln, he was an honest man. Maybe the spirit of Abe Lincoln made him tell the truth. It's just so uh, underwhelming at the end. It's like, mm. basically, I feel like a senator had a mild stroke on camera and said some <laughs> dumb shit or, or or had a moral conscience. He I don't know. He may not have even said the exact things that we heard him say. It yeah. could have been tamer. He yeah. could have just been like getting old. You know, they do make references mm-hmm. to his mental faculties deteriorating. I just, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Okay, here's my opinion. No, one, no one's looked no. anything up, right? No, 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 of course not. Does no. anyone know if this senator is a real senator? If qu- the Quigs, Quigley, yeah, the Quigs. <laughs> I don't know about him, and I would never vote for him. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely I chew not. Quigley gum. I don't know. He was pretty honest. I'm very honest. Yeah. I, I would totally believe this story if uh, it happened a long, long time ago, maybe before television, <laughs> when there was some candidate who just was like, I'm going to run on a platform of absolute truth. And he was in a debate and he was a little too truthful. And it happened to be in the Honest Abe Hotel. Okay, guys, there's a very big logical issue yes. with this story. Spill it. Because what the, the whole be premise, the whole premise is, <laughs> um, the whole premise is, <laughs> I get what you're that, doing. What a pity Thanks laugh. for the pity laugh, Tiffany. <laughs> but, so the guy at the end was like, oh, it's been, you know, we found out that Abraham Lincoln once stayed here. And so that's why we named it into the Lincoln Hotel. So that means for the last 40 years, as this guy has been going to this hotel throughout his political career, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln was still technically there. They just hadn't named the hotel yet. But somehow they named the hotel and it's like, everyone's got to be honest. It's like he's been lying. He's been a horrible senator or horrible civil servant for 40 years. And Abraham Lincoln was like... I'll give you it for now, but I'm going to get you. I was like, I don't understand why the naming of the hotel well, no, meant no, no, anything. No, no, no. Abraham Lincoln stayed there at one point yeah. and it was named the Honeycut. And Abraham Lincoln's like, until they name <laughs> yeah. this hotel after me, I'm, <laughs> when they do that, then I'll make people tell the truth that they're on a political debate. There's a lot of power in, in knowing the name of something. No, you're right. In D&D, you can control <laughs> demons if you know their true name. Oh, that are, there's something about that in some movie that I've seen. It's like if you say the name, you yeah, have, like you, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, maybe that's what was I'm he a demon? Not a movie. It's also in The Conjuring. Was Rumpelstiltskin? Maybe that, that's what I'm thinking of. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of for sure. Rumpelstiltskin, the demon Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Colonel of Truth. I mean, a guy just was a little too truthful in a hotel named after Lincoln. Yeah, I don't even know if the truthful part of Lincoln <laughs> or the hotel or the I senator. Well, what if the guy? Um, just kind of had like spiraled down as he kept screwing up his answers. But you guys, this is this is a story that even though yes, it but makes that, total yeah. sense. There's truth there, yes, but it's so stupid. I it's, will say this: after that speech, I don't think Senator Quigley has a chance of winning. You're really enjoying oh, this. Oh my lord! You, you guys should see how proud Jesse looks right now. <laughs> Dee! That was creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Baby kitten. (laughs) Let's go ahead on to predictions. First up, Tiffany, fact or fiction? 
Fiction. I just don't like it. Fiction. Chris. I'm going to break out a quick ghostly rule for everybody. A quickly ghostly rule? A quickly ghostly rule. Got it. Ghosts can't make people say things that they don't believe. Fiction. I'll go next. Um, Do I think it's possible that a guy had a real shitty debate and then retroactively someone was like, he probably said those things because of the Lincoln Hotel thing. Yeah, I'm going to go fact on this one. Mark. I, you know, I do think that there's definitely a kernel here and that it, it's probably happened before, but I think specifically in this case, it's fiction. Kyle. I think this is vague enough that it could be true, uh-huh. but they haven't done a politics story. So I think the writers were like, let's put one in there. Fiction. All right. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin's going to predict fact. Thank you, coin, for trusting me. And we're going to move on to story number five, our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called The Ring, directed by Gore Verbinski. No, no, no. Starring Naomi Watts. Um, King Kong? (laughs) All right, let's see if this baby works. Okay, take it easy, okay? Everything's fine. Um, Nothing's on fire. It's probably just a short circuit. Can you fix it? You know, you're lucky you didn't have one of your rich clients in here. Would have turned the brains to French fries. Really? Oh yeah. There's enough voltage in here to turn somebody's brain to soup. Chris, are you a curse expert? I know a little. I know a little here and there about curses. Tell yeah. me if this is, is how it works. I think that curses are floating out there, and when you mention them, they just get sucked into you like a like a magnet. Whoa, I've never That's heard a theory. that before. Well, Kyle, what have you heard about this story? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sleeping on this one. <laughs> Give us a story summary. What happened? I here? thought you were working. I, I, I was answering some emails. But anyway, so this story is about uh, Tiffany Sands is a hairstylist, and one of her best clients is Eileen. And on the surface, they appear to be friends, but we find out that Tiffany is having an affair with Eileen's husband uh, named Reese. Now, uh, Tiffany's going to end it, so she tries to leave, but Reese offers her up this, ho, oh, this ring. This, this, this ring. worth like $150,000 oh, oh, oh. or ring. something like this that. This magic Crazy. ring. She asks if it's cursed. He says no, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So later on, Tiffany is at the salon, and there's a repairman who's repairing the uh, the dryer. Yeah, the hair. The, I always want to say the perm machine. The dryer, per, the machine. Yeah, the dryer the that you, the, the ladies, the old, old ladies have their heads stuck this in. Thing yes. And yeah. Oh, he, oh he, yes, Scarlett Johansson was playing the hair dryer. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So he's repairing that, and uh, he turns it on, and it like electricity just shoots out of it. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I, oh, oof, good thing nobody was in there. And Tiffany's like, ooh. (laughs) In in there. uh, Could you rig that to murder someone that I put in there later on? And he's like, well, I don't know about that. And she's like, well, if I sell this really expensive ring, give you half the money, will you do it? And he goes, meh, sweeten the pot a little bit. And then they have sex. Uh, The next day or whatever, Eileen's there. And Tiffany is able to get her into the dryer and turns it on. And it doesn't electrocute Eileen. It electrocutes Tiffany through the ring that she's wearing on her finger and kills her. And then the repairman is later arrested because he was an accomplice in the murder as well. And, and admits to the crime. Admits Wouldn't to that the crime be manslaughter, somehow. though? Well, uh, it wasn't. No, because he was trying to kill yeah, the Eileen. Intent. Premeditated. It was not manslaughter for Well, wait, wait. Did he know that that was going to happen? I got the well, impression, no. 
well, maybe not, but he, I mean, like, what, what, All do you, she what, hold said, on, what are you thinking? No, like, no, no. Could you no. rig this to electrocute on command? Probably just for a laser light show you're putting on later tonight. Like, I think he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, this story's asking us to believe, <laughs> is it possible that a woman orchestrates a hit and through the exact method of the hit, she ends up killing herself accidentally? Yeah, it backfires because it backfires. of the cursed ring. Because mm-hmm. of the ring that wasn't cursed until she said, is it cursed? And then it became cursed. Well, that's your own interpretation. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. It's uh, pretty cut and dry. So my question, uh, so does the repairman know that this affair is happening? Like the husband's not going to come out after this girl dies and be like, oh, she died. I was having an affair with her and we were going to murder you. Well, no, I think I, I think like, part. Uh, so, who told this story? I guess is what I'm. The, well, the repairman. The, re- it's the repairman. His. Well, the repairman the- went. Hey, this woman asked me to rig up this machine. But think about it. Why would Tiffany want to kill this woman? Like, I think that they would piece it. Like, the woman would probably piece it together. It's just got yeah, this really cops. nice ring. Oh, like she's dating a lawyer, just like my husband. Oh, why would she want to kill me? Like, I think that the whole thing is, is as they're going around and they're like interviewing everybody, these the pieces of the story get out. Okay. Okay. I can believe that. I'm like, people do crazy things for money, for love. And it's, it's a weird enough story that it would have gotten out there and published somewhere. And I think they just put the curse in there to make it into. But it's like, it's weird that the the curse needs to even be mentioned. Like it doesn't need to be a curse. It just could be ironic. Like the irony, the dramatic irony here is that the gift that she was given by the guy is what ended up killing her. It doesn't need to be cursed. Yeah, it just feels know. lazy that they introduced some sort of curse yeah. into this I feel like coincidental they... death yeah. story. It was. Well, let's move on to predictions. First up, Tiffany, fact or fiction? Um, I think there's a kernel of truth here, so I'm going to go fact. Chris? there's. It's just a little silly, the story to me, and I don't... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. Fiction. Kyle? A little too uh, silly, spicy. Fiction. Mark. Silly Spice was my least favorite Spice Girl. (laughs) Um, It is very silly, Spice. I do kind of feel like this one could be fact. I'm going to go fact. All right, I'll predict last. This story feels possible, but it feels too much like literally the plot of a film noir. And I think that it just follows like this kind of Fargo-esque domino effect thing. It's like one bad decision leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. And it's a little too... uh, Uh, choreographed and written for me. So I'm going to go fiction on this one. Now we've all locked in our predictions. Let's slip a coin. The coin's going to vote fact. You're so good at that. (laughs) Flipping the coin. I'm getting better. (laughs) 39 episodes in, I should know how to catch a coin out of midair. Holy cow, me and the coin went exact opposite this episode. Okay, well, get ready, everybody. Because in a minute, we're going to find out. You're going to find out if that means anything. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. So, Chris. Yes. We're here in the Beyond Beyond Belief podcast studio. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I've been here uh, plenty of times. and uh, <laughs> Plenty of times. And I see it every day. Yes. Yes, we do. You remember at the start of season four, we got this crazy idea to have the host of this podcast set aside an evening to turn off the lights, set out the candles, and use a Ouija board for the very first time. Remember it? I've been dreading it since day zero. Did you know that none of us had ever used a Ouija board? Not me, not Kyle, not Tiffany, not Mark. Uh, you had. I had, had. I had done a Ouija board, as I, I talked about on the show, years ago. But I didn't know that none of you had experienced it before. Yeah. So, 
we are all there doing it for the very first time. There it is. There it is. Okay, That's so the actual award. This is my first time playing. Th- this is my first time as well. Yeah, me too. So wait, none of us have done this before. Can I take it out? Take it out. Set it on the table. Ooh, it's solid. That is crazy to me. Okay, so it's you, Mark, Tiffany, and Kyle. It is me, Kyle, and Mark, no Tiffany. Wait, where's Tiffany? Tiffany's out. What do you mean she's out? Okay, so totally unrelated to what's going on, and you can hear this a little bit in last week's episode... But Mark, Did she get scared and drop out? Well, I, that would that would be the exciting version. But really, what actually happened is her car was blocked in. Where's Tiffany? Is this thing on? Is Tiffany here? Um, yeah, she's actually some some car has blocked her in for oh, like the no. entire day, and she's furious. Wait, her car was blocked in like her driveway or something? Yeah, in her apartment complex, uh, there was another car that she could not find out who the owner of that was, and she couldn't get out. So all night she's dealing with this because she's got to go to work in the morning, and she has no idea whose car this is. Okay, you're right. That was much more boring than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but that didn't stop us from attempting to contact the spirit world. <laughs> okay, so you, Mark, and Kyle then. Yes. Oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a little nervous, but I have to know what happened well nothing at first okay so there was one thing that happened at the very end that i would consider noteworthy but i'll mention that later on okay um i mean mostly the whole night we were bogged down by like a lack of clarity guys the entirety of the instructions are on the back of the box oh there's no additional information there's no additional information there's no insert it doesn't tell you like how many hands to use or like how much pressure to use one hand and we're like where do you put your other hand if you use two hands yeah but you've seen this on tv before you kind of get it you know yeah we did and we kind of just like went with it right we tried a bunch of different methods like i think in the end like putting one hand on with like a really light touch just like a, a, just like a, 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 yeah. a really, just like a, a light graze. A graze. Like, it's very delicate. Like okay. Barely there. And eventually, it actually started to move on its own. <laughs> I'm not, not doing anything. There, there is a creaking. There, there, was, a, a, there was a little creak. There was a creak. There was a creak. What is happening? It was, oh, no. There was creak. a creak. It was well, the we're slightest creak. The slightest nudge. Now, to be clear, when I say it moved, it moved, but it was not a lot of like movie style movement, like with the cursor whipping around the board to letters. It was like millimeters at a time and there were several rounds of this like we would ask a question we'd wait for something to happen nothing would really happen and it would move like ever so slightly and we were just kind of wondering if like are we getting tired of holding our hands on the thing (laughs) or is it like mark breathing in and out because that was kind of the vibe that it felt like so it was maybe possibly just human exhaustion moving this thing uh show us a sign that we can know what it means and not just moving the thing because we've seen a lot of movement tonight uh we haven't seen any kind of definitive proof that this is just our breathing versus whatever so that is moving very fast (laughs) faster than normal into an H. h h Okay, very obvious. <laughs> I didn't do anything. The, the, the I. Hi. All right. Okay, it just spelled hi. That's a sign. That's a sign. 
Wow. Okay. So did you tell me right now, did you actually move it towards influence it to those letters? Did I intentionally move it to the H or the I? No. Okay. I think we have a very different definition of what it means when you say nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean by that, but I think like if you watch the movies and you've seen the episode, The Prophecy Board, you want the lights to flicker, you want a candle to go out, you don't want to be sitting here. I mean, there's these long stretches Well, maybe of it's silence. because you had three skeptics doing it that is taking longer, but otherwise it is working. What else did it say? Well, funny you ask. Mark did end up asking a question that led us down a slightly more interesting path. What's your name? That's a mark. That's a a mark special. It was not. Tell us. Tell us your name. Do it. Please. Please. If you would be so kind. It would be wonderful to know. C. Are you sure that's where it stopped? Yeah, I think so. It felt like a C. C A. No one's moving it? No. R? C-A-R? Why do you think the word car was spelled? Well, I mean, it seemed like it was spelled because someone asked what the name was. Totally fair version of what might have happened. Okay, and what's, there's an alternative? I think it's because Tiffany's dealing with this car situation. I think it's subconsciously there, and I think that's why car was spelled. So, you're saying that... It, it, that whatever this is um, ignored the question and just wrote out car or that you're saying or are you saying Kyle actually talked about this really interesting theory where he's like what if we find out the reason she was blocked in was because the car owner is dead and he's the one trying to communicate to us yeah that sounds like Kyle yeah but it is fun to think about I think like that's actually not what's going on I ended up going down a pretty deep dive online to try to find out what actually causes a Ouija board. And when did you find out? Well, there is this thing called the idiomotor effect. It's a phenomenon that basically says that thinking of something in your mind, like visualizing something, can actually produce reactive movements in your body, often super subtle, and you're not conscious of this actually happening. Okay, well, it still scares me um, because it sounds like it's kind of working. Yeah, I mean, something is definitely happening, but if I had to take a guess, I would say that because the car situation is happening and we spell car, it seems like it really is taking place, at least for us in this moment, on a subconscious level. You multiply that by two to four adults age eight and up, and you sit them around a table where they really want to believe they're communicating with deceased loved ones. And I think it's like, pretty obvious what ends up happening right yeah there's a ghost in the room okay so i don't believe that but let me ask you this question why does the ghost not just move the indicator why can't they move this very light piece of plastic across the board themselves well as we've talked about many times in the show before it takes a lot of effort for physical objects to be moved by themselves but if they had a vessel or a medium i.e. Uh, a, a human being that they could use to kind of tap into, then I could uh, see that perhaps that's the way that they need to be able to do it more effortlessly. I guess in theory that could make sense. So we tried to do a really basic experiment. We closed our eyes. If the spirits couldn't move the indicator themselves, okay, sure, they needed our energy to do it, which, you know, to me still doesn't quite make sense, but let's roll with it for a second. Then. 
surely they can move the indicator to the letters they wanted without us seeing those letters ahead of time. But do you want to guess what happened? <laughs> I mean, based on the way that you're setting this up, I imagine nothing happened. Put your hands on it. Close your eyes. Why are you here? Feels like it's moving a lot. Has it stopped? Mm-hmm. Feels like it. Okay, let's look. T. T. Perfectly on a T. Okay. Almost. Okay. Eyes closed. Okay. Why, why are you here? T. Why are you here? It stopped. Okay. Should we look? It's kind of in the middle middle of some letters. <laughs> well, it sounds like this is something that where you kind of can pull from this experience whatever you want, whereas you went in thinking that nothing was going to happen. You can sort of, I don't know, disregard the fact that it said hi and the fact that it started spelling out car, whereas someone else, uh, like me, just hearing this story... I can look at the fact that it's spelled out high and car and kind of think, who knows? Right. I think you're right. I think this is very much a, like a Rorschach test in a way where you can pull out of it what you want to pull out of it. And I think that's what a lot of people do. I think there's this, you know, for me, this very grounded scientific explanation, like the, the just closing your eyes shouldn't affect what a ghost can spell or say, but that was the point where it all turned around. But um, Are you sure that... You were waiting, you weren't noticing it stopping in other places before? The audio goes on, like it completely spells out nothing. So it sounds like you could see certain things, maybe you couldn't, but you don't really have any conclusive evidence to show that uh, that this really is a thing. Okay, so yes, but do you remember earlier when I said there was like one noteworthy thing I'd mentioned later on? Yeah, I've been uh I've been kind of, I've been kind of uh on the edge of my seat waiting for you to reveal that. <laughs> okay, well, you remember when the Ouija board spelled out car? Yes. Which we did explain as the result of Tiffany dealing with this car situation all night. It was on all of our minds. Car trouble. Right. For and, Tiffany. Yes. Okay. And, and I totally still believe that. But Hey Jesse. Is that Tiffany? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what am I, I listening to right now? Well, this is the thing that I didn't mention yet. Hey, um, so do me a favor, and I'm, ba- I'm back in the uh, studio right now. Just re-explain uh, what you just explained to me on the phone a few minutes ago uh, so I can have, oh, have, it, have it recorded. Oh, okay, yeah. No, sure. I, I wanted to call and let you know, and I'm totally, like I said, I'm, I'm totally fine, but I got in a pretty bad car accident a couple days ago. It was actually my first car accident um but like i said like i had some minor injuries but considering i'm totally doing fine um but my car is total like it was uh, it was pretty scary like i'm i feel like i'm just kind of now wrapping my mind around it what wait are you this is 100 percent real let me be very clear this is 100 percent real tiffany was dealing with the car situation that evening the ouija board ended up spelling the word car and then a week later, she gets into, like, not a minor accident. It ended up totaling her car. She's okay. So what do you think of that? That's crazy. I feel like this is another sign. Of, you know, first you first the spelling out of high, the spelling out of car. This happens. 
could it be coincidence? I'm not saying that it isn't, <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like that. Who, who knows? Like that could be. Wait, maybe this spirit was trying to uh, warn you guys that this was something that was going to happen, like within days. I don't know. Ghosts make elaborate plans. Why not? Like tell us to avoid like the four hundred five or something. Like tell us like don't go down that street. You're just going to say the word car. What are we supposed to interpret from that? I don't know. Maybe your maybe your bodies weren't good to good vessels <laughs> to to really spell out too many words, and they had to kind of shorten it yeah if we were better vessels we could have saved tiffany from that insurance claim yeah that's what i'm uh that's what i'm thinking (laughs) well chris i have to say going down this road has been a lot of fun actually and i know that we uh disagree on what we pull from these things but i think that that is okay you know i i have to say that at the end of the day i'm gonna go that this is a coincidence-based story typical (laughs) yeah which stories were fact and which were fiction first up first story this is the wreath this is the one about the memorial that was five times larger than we all expected on the side of the road (laughs) that blew into the street and killed a man because that's how ghosts work who's to say chris mark kyle and myself we think this story actually happened tiffany thinks this is a bunch of bull hockey let's find out what the truth is. Can it be that this story is fact? Yes, it is. This event was reported as taking place in the Gulf Coast area in the late 80s. Fact. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Build a memorial for all the stories that you got wrong. I've noticed that in this particular episode, most of the stories, we've been pretty lopsided in the voting. We've all kind of gravitated to the same side, except for maybe one person. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if most of those go the way of the majority or it's true because when you when you do go off uh, the beaten path you do increase your likelihood of getting a higher score but you also make it riskier you know what I always remembered was from who wants to be a millionaire is the ask the audience was always the most helpful lifeline really like yeah because it's like that's kind of subjective depending on who your phone a friend was I'm gonna call my friend Bill well Bill was sleeping (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go on to story number two. This one's called Terror Night. This is the one about the leaky pipes that led to the saving of a woman's life. Now, as a recap, Tiffany and Kyle, you guys think this happened. I agree with you. Mark and Chris, you guys think this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Is it possible that this story is true? Yes, it is. There's a published report that a similar story happened to a couple on the East Coast in the late 80s. Fact. <laughs> I hate it when I oh. write down an answer and I change it because probably Kyle <laughs> switched my Do, vote. Oh man, am I that persuasive? You and Mark are. I think it was me this time, though. It may have been you. Uh, and then I get it wrong. <laughs> Should have gone with that. my gut. Yeah. It was should've. obviously true. I know. Jean Claude Van Damme's lookalike I, was in it. I was. I know. Was Very it his similar. twin from Double Impact who wears the silk <laughs> underwear? Wait, isn't there also a twin in Time Cop? Or am I just thinking? No, there's a time displaced. Oh, so, my apologies. So it's the same one. It's not a twin. It's just a uh, it's a, a past or future <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. No, what was time the situation? Cop is so good. In in the Sixth Day, which is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, that was a clone. Yes. Okay. So we've got the twin. We've got the clone. We've got the time displaced portal that opens up, and you can reveal yes. someone from your past or future. Yeah, exactly. Now everyone thought Tance was fact. Let's find out. What except, except for almost Chris. Yeah, except for almost Chris. But Chris eventually knew 
that he had to go Tan's fact. Let's find out what the truth is. Is this story based on a real happening? Yes. It happened in New York in the mid-70s. Fact. Man, oh man, we were right. Wait, man, not- do I love it when someone I write a, a vote down and then either Kyle <laughs> or Mark gets me to switch it and then I get it right. <laughs> hey, I know, man. That was New York in the mid-70s? Is that what they said? Yeah. All yes, right. indeed. All right, guys, let's go into story number four, which is called The Candidate. Can- do you guys say candidate or candidate? Candidate. I say candidate. <laughs> Is that right? No, we can't use it. Okay. I think this actually happened. Everyone else thinks this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Three facts so far. I'm feeling nervous. Was this story inspired by an actual event? Not on your life. It's a lie. Jesus. Why was that so serious? Not on your fucking life. Do you think this was fact? Jesse Chapman, you dumb oh shit. Gosh. Jesus. <laughs> Not on your life. Well, okay. I guess I I just circled that it was correct on my paper. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just really wanted to believe. The majority of us going for that answer Guys, ends up being right most of the time. Who wants to be a millionaire once again proves to be correct. That was my Regis Philbin. Thank you. Let's go on to story number four, which is called The Ring, directed by Gore Verbinski. Now, this is the one about the cursed ring that became cursed upon saying it was cursed. Tiffany, Mark, you guys think this is fact? Everyone else thinks this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Is this strange lesson on the evils of greed and lust true? Sorry, it's a fraud. Fiction. Uh, Did anyone only get one correct this episode? Congratulations. Ooh, the plot thickens. (laughs) Did anyone only get two correct this episode? It's my standard, so yes, oh. I got another two out of five. Tiffany. I'm nothing if not consistent. This is 40. This is 40. Don't call me that. That sounds weird. Uh, did anyone get three correct this episode? Hello. Mark, three That's correct. Me. Oh my God, I'm getting nervous. No one else has three? Oh. Ooh. Did anyone get four correct this episode? I did. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh. No. no. Kyle, what does that mean? <laughs> what, what did you score? I got 100%. No. Wait a minute. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Wait, guys. What number is this for you? Two in the first in two the, of yeah. season three. Yeah. So this is definitely the third one, but I feel like I've gotten at least one or two more than that. So I'm at four or five hundred. Okay. So what you're wow. saying is you've lost count of your perfect scores. Yeah. It's tough. And I've never gotten a single perfect score in the in the 39 episodes <laughs> that we've done so because i got 100 percent and the coin voted opposite me the coin got zero this week you know what good because that's not the first time that's happened for the coin the coin is not doing great this season nope. actually good so good it has good it, good it has not learned it has not learned any lessons over the course of these absolutely four seasons. not you know why the coin scored zero because abraham lincoln isn't on a quarter <laughs> nice good week guys this is a good way to uh end the mid-season it is we okay had... of course it's easy for you to say that <laughs> yeah it is and it, it is. was Poor tiffany over here she's not saying it's a good way to end the yeah. season i've gotten 100 percent before yeah. so i feel yeah. pretty i feel whole. I was, I was i was defending her and everything <laughs> kind of 
You're mad that you got 80. No, I'm what happy. I'm happy with my score. Chris, it's about the long game. Maybe you won't get a, a five out of five in, in the course of this entire show, but you won last season and you might still be getting your average up there. So yeah. let's let's I am look season at the three champion, side. so I will I will yeah. overlook do this. Do you wait, do you guys see how fast he went from like being sad to like, oh yeah. wait, I am the champion. <laughs> I'm I am, season three. I am the, the reigning champion. I am the reigning champion. I never got hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> or, asterisk. Or, or, yeah. or zero. That's true. I've gotten zeros before too. <laughs> I've been, I think I've, we've all gotten. I've some been zeros. in the I've been in the coins position <laughs> yep. many times. Well, guys, what a great way to wrap up the season. Agreed. Like uh, the mid season, the mid season. Um, we have done seven episodes for this first half of season four. We're going to take a month off. We will be back in one month with the with the with the conclusion to this um, to this to this show to this version of the show yeah uh people are asking what's next for you guys and we have finally decided that we don't know yeah well um, and two people are asking yeah two two one's people, your mom one's my mom and one's <laughs> one's your mom yeah and so our moms are asking what are you guys going to be doing what am i going to listen to on my morning commute are you ever going to get a real job exactly yeah. the good news is my mom's morning commute is five and a half minutes so each episode <laughs> basically like takes her two and a half weeks to get through. So she'll be listening to this for God knows how long, which will be really (laughs) good for me. Um, But we so appreciate you guys listening every week and please spread the word. You are fans of Beyond Belief and you know other fans. That's the best way to get the word out is word of mouth. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, leave a review, or check us out on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening. I can't. Mark, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? So we have a detective named Phil Duncan, who's investigating a hit-and-run case. Duncan! It's Phil Duncan. Phil Duncan! And um, so, yeah, this boy named Danny, he was killed at this very dangerous intersection. And I guess a lot of accidents have happened there. A lot of cars speed through. um, And his parents have hired him, Phil Duncan. (laughs) Jesse? (laughs) Duncan! To catch the person that hit and killed him and ran away. Um... Basically, they go to. (laughs) You're making Jesse use his voice. It's already so limited. Terrible. Where'd your shelf go? (laughs) (laughs) We can't do weekday (laughs) night recordings anymore, guys. Let's just throw in. I think this is the best episode we've ever done. And why would we ever do it differently? And Mark, keep reading that summary slower. And Jesse, keep doing that voice so you lose your the rest of your voice.
And Tiffany, you stay as low energy as you want to, girl. I'm and sleepy. Kyle, I've had a rough day. I'm going to keep answering emails and texts that I'm yeah, receiving. Yeah, you do that. Stop paying attention uh, oh, to all yeah. the stories. It's okay, Kyle. You don't have to listen to all these stories. <laughs> 